0: Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon and be blessed.
1: I want to invite you, as we're celebrating Holy Week this week, I want to invite you Thursday night to join us online. Uh, on Thursday evening at 7 o'clock on our Facebook page and also on our YouTube page, we are going to have a, a virtual Monday Thursday service. Uh, we decided this year, instead of g- us getting back together to have a service on Thursday, uh, to take this year off and have a virtual service this year. And so we want to invite you on Thursday evening to prepare two different things. We want to invite you to prepare communion for you and your family, whoever will be gathering with you. Um, if, if you don't have unleavened bread, um, then you can get a tortilla or something like that uh, as close as you can. Um, it does, it's not about the elements it's about Jesus Christ and the elements being symbolic of him and the work that he's done for us. Um, and then we also want to invite you to join us in that virtual service for footwa- a time of foot washing. One of my favorite services growing up in the church was our Monday Thursday service. And last year, uh, because of COVID, uh, Easter was shortly after um, everything, it seemed to shut down. Um, I uh, had, a, as a pastor, had a heart that was beating extra, extra fast because I wanted to have a Monday Thursday service. But it turned out that our Monday Thursday service at home together in that intimate setting with just our, our, with just our family was probably the greatest Monday Thursday service that I've ever had in my life. And so we want to encourage you to create that environment at your home with your family. Even if it's just you, you can still do this. And so Thursday night, 7 o'clock, join us on our Facebook page or on our YouTube page. I want to ask you to turn over with me to Romans chapter 7 this morning. Um, And uh, I'm in trouble because I left my Bible down here. I got so caught up in, um, in that song from Shinneman, Shinneman, and Shinneman, that I left my Bible down here. We're going to look back in Romans chapter 7 this morning. We looked at Romans chapter 7 last week um, as Dexter uh, just so perfect, I mean really perfectly cut through science and cut through the scripture and wove those two things together for us and shared from his lifelong studies of the mind. And I really wanted to share with you a Palm Sunday message this morning, and to talk this morning, as churches all across the world will do, about the triumphant entry that Jesus had as as they waved the palm branches. But the Lord said, no, we're we're not finished with a conversation about the mind. So we've been talking for several weeks, well, since the beginning of the year, about our spiritual DNA. And we're gonna tie all of that together this this morning As we continue talking about the mind, one of the things that we said the past two weeks, and Dexter really shared not only from from the scripture side, but shared from the science side last week with us, was the enemy always attacks first in the mind. And it's in the battle for your mind is where you will win or lose some battles that are played out in the physical. And so we looked last week at Romans chapter 7, and I want to go back to Romans chapter 7 and reread the scripture this morning with you, and to dive in a little deeper. Uh, if you missed last Sunday's sermon, I want to encourage you to go on our YouTube page. You can find it there. You can search Whitechapel Church on YouTube. Our YouTube page will come up. Watch Dexter's presentation last week, because it is powerful, and it is the diving board of where we're going to actually, go, actually be going this morning. We read these scriptures last week, but I think it's important, and the Spirit has prompted us to slow down in this moment and look at these verses again, because these are not just words that Paul um, hastily wrote on a piece of paper and was sending off to to some other believers to encourage them. Paul is telling us about how he is living his life, and if we were to take a look at some champions of the faith in the scripture, the Apostle Paul would be at the top, or probably in the top five of all of our lists. And if the Apostle Paul is having some battles here in the flesh, and then he gives us uh, how to overcome those battles, then it's important for us today. These are not just words that were significant 2,000 years ago. These were words inspired by the Holy Spirit that can challenge our faith and spur us closer to Christ even in 2021. So in Romans chapter 7, verse 14... We'll read through the end of the chapter here. Paul says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Do any of you, have any of you ever had that experience in your life? You don't have to raise your hand. But every one of us could go around this room and we could say, yeah, that's me. I want to do good. I want to do what the Scripture tells me. I want to do all the messages that I've heard in my life. I want to do those things. And if there was anybody who knew the law, it was the Apostle Paul. He had it. He had it memorized, and he lived it. And in fact, at one point, he said, I am flawless. But yet here, he is opening up the windows to his soul, and he is letting us see inside. And let me tell you, that is the soul of every single one of us Because there is a war that wages inside of us that says, I want to do good. I mean to do good, but that that I want to do is what I always end up not doing. And Paul says, and then what I don't want to do is what I end up doing. Hear me when I say this. If you don't know the problem, you can never find the solution. And Paul is telling us in Romans chapter 7 the problem for every single one of us. And so when Paul says, Here is what's happening in your life, then we better pay attention to the Apostle Paul's words because he is telling us the problem and then goes on to tell us the solution. Have you ever, have, have any of you ever lived, um, lived through a hurricane? I'm thankful that I've got a praying wife. We don't lose power in the hurricanes except one time for 17 years. So if any of you ever want to go through a hurricane, come live with us. Because she's got a direct line to God and we keep power. I love it. It It is the best thing. Now watch. God's going to say, watch this this year. He's going to say, I'm going to fix you. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. But I'm so thankful that I've got a praying wife who prays, Lord, please don't let us lose power. Don't let us lose power. Only one time we have. But if you've ever lived through a a hurricane and you've lost power, you know what it's like trying to live without power. When you you don't have power at your house, you don't have air conditioning in your house. And opening up the, the windows and turning on the fan just doesn't cool you down. When you don't have power in your house, your refrigerator doesn't have electricity to keep the food that you want cool. And there's something about when you don't have power, the one thing your body wants is ice and you don't have ice and it all comes from not having power what Paul is telling us in in Romans chapter 7 is what it's like to live life without power it's like when a hurricane when the storm comes through and it knocks out all the power When Paul says, What I want to do, I don't do, and instead, what I don't want to do is what I end up doing, what he is saying is, I'm living a life when that happens without power. Paul says, There's a problem when you don't have power. Because in verse 16, or verse 17, he says, or verse 18, I'm sorry, in verse 18, he says, For I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Verse 19. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, It is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of what? Of my mind. Did you catch that? Paul says, There's the battle. The battle is the evil from this world, the enemy waging war against your mind. And hear me when you live life without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, the attack on your mind is so great, you will not win. It's impossible. You can't win against the enemy, but the Holy Spirit can. And what Paul is telling, what he's describing here in these few verses is living life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's writing to some believers that are really struggling and leaving out the work of the Holy Spirit inside of their life. And he's writing and saying, stop living without the power of God's Spirit working in and then through you. The attack, he says, is on your mind, and you have to overcome that with the power of God's Holy Spirit. And so what happens is we just get in this circle of life, and we keep living this way. And we keep living this way. We come to church, we try to do our best, we read our Bible, we try to do good, we'll take some devotions, we'll join a community group, we'll spend time with believers, we keep doing all of this stuff and we're in this big old cycle and we keep coming back and doing the things that we don't want to do instead of the things that we know we should be doing. And here is this great big cycle over and over and over that we repeat in our life time and time again and if you don't know the problem, you can never find the solution. Paul said, the problem is the Holy Spirit is not working in your life. And so what I say to us today, Whitechapel Church, is we don't have to live this way that Paul is writing any longer And he is writing to not leave the believers where they are, but to draw them deeper into the presence of the Holy Spirit, into the presence of God Almighty, who paid the price to draw them out of sin. Jesus did not come in the flesh to die on a cross to defeat sin, to to leave you in this, this pattern over and over and over of going right back to doing the things that you don't want to do. He he came so that he could defeat sin, defeat the consequences of sin, and leave so that the Holy Spirit could come, so that we would have power to overcome the works of the enemy and the attack that is on our mind. So we don't have to live this way any longer. We don't have to keep getting beat up, and we don't have to keep beating ourselves up, and we don't have to allow the enemy to battle, to win the war in our mind any longer. We don't have to try and try and try and then give up. We don't have to keep going and keep going and keep going, and we don't have to live the words of Paul in Romans 7, verse 19. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Charles Price is a pastor at the People's Church in Ontario, Canada, and he wrote a book. It's called Christ for Real, and this is an excerpt from his books from his book. He said, then I read my Bible. And he's talking about this life that Paul is writing about in Romans 7. He said, so then I would read my Bible or I would listen to somebody preach and they would emphasize something that I didn't have in my life. So if the preacher spoke about love, I'd go home and I'd say, God, make me more loving. And I pictured prayer as submitting an order to the catalog of all the things that God wants for your life. And sort of, I pictured the angels in heaven that would take my order, they would go down to the love aisle and they would find some love and they would send it back to me here on the earth. And then I would hear a message about evangelism. So I'd go home and I'd submit my order to be more effective at sharing my faith. And I would picture the angels taking my orders, going to the evangelism aisle and giving me a greater desire to share my faith. And listen to what Charlie says. Listen to what he says. I was just submitting my orders... And it all came crashing down to the ground. And I had to say this, I can't do this anymore. I have the desire to do what is right, but listen, I don't have the ability to carry it out. You know what Paul is saying? I have the desire to do that which is right, but I do not have the ability to carry it out. You know what Charlie was saying? I have the desire to do what is good, But in my flesh, there is no ability to carry it out. And let me tell you, if we would be honest with ourselves, we have all lived that way. And I believe that there are some of us that are living that way now. We have great intentions. We go to church. We read our Bible. We do our best. But yet we go out for the rest of the week and we live defeated lives. And let me tell you, it's because the power of the Holy Spirit is absent in your life. You don't have to be a good Christian. Hear me when I say that to you. God's relationship with you is not about you doing anything. It's about the Holy Spirit coming into your life so that then the Holy Spirit is a good Christian, if you will, through you. It is not about your power. It is not about my power. It is about God coming and living inside of us and making our body the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now God is with us. That's why He came in the flesh. It was all about Him being with us. And so now it's not us trying on our own. It's not us going out and trying to do good. It's not us going out and being good little Christians. It's not about us going out and doing anything. It's about the Holy Spirit inside of us living God's will through us we've all lived this way every one of us have lived this way and God is waiting for you to get to the point to where you're like Charlie and you're like Paul and you say I can't do this I can't do this anymore so maybe you're here this morning maybe you're like me I've grown up in the church I've, I've spent hours in the church my entire life, and I tried on my own to live the Christian life, and I thought it was all about my efforts, and I thought it was all about me trying to do the right things, just like Charlie, where I would go and I'd pray for God, God, God you've got to help me love, you've got to love, you've got to give me a little bit more love, or God, you've got to give me a little bit more of this, and I'd go over those fruits of the spirits, and I'd pray for those nine things, I'd say, God, I don't have this, now give it to me. And then I would try to go live it, and I couldn't live it, and I would fail, and I would think, oh man, and growing up in, the, in a holiness church like, like that we're a part of, man, that was just so defeating in my life. But God was waiting for me to get to a point in my life to where I come to the understanding that it was not about my efforts. It was about what He did for me, and now the Holy Spirit comes and lives through me to defeat that cycle of going through life over and over and over and over. I had to realize that the power of the Christian life was not about me at all. It was about his power living in and then through me. And that's where we fail. Because the battle and the lie in our mind is it's all about us. The enemy wants us to believe it's all about you. It's all about you. And we buy into those lies And we start crafting our lives all about us. This is what I like. This is what I, it's all about me. It's all about me. And it's, we craft everything around us, but it's not about us. It's not about us at all. And what Paul is writing to us in Romans chapter seven is a life lived. that's all about him. Did you catch how many times he used the word I in this half or in this third of a chapter that we read? It was I, 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 I. And I think God gave Paul those words intentionally to show us that when, li- when we are living life all about I, all about me, all about us, that's when we always fail. But when we are living life submitted to the God who created us, who knit us together in our mother's womb and allowing His Spirit to live in and through us, then we find that we're living victorious lives. Take a look here at Romans, um, yeah, in Romans chapter, Romans chapter seven again. I want to read these last few verses here at the end of this chapter, because Paul didn't stop wherever I stopped reading earlier in verse 23. But Paul kept, Paul kept writing, and he ended this section with these two verses. And there's power here for us. Look at Romans 7, verse 24. Paul says, what a wretched man I am. What a wretched man that I am. That I keep living this cycle over and over and over. He says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Uh Uh-oh, he's about to give us the answer here. He says, if you're tired of living this circle of trying and trying and trying and failing and failing and failing, if you are tired of living the exhausted life, what Paul is saying, I want you to come and live the exchanged life. Paul is saying your exhausted life can be replaced by the exchanged life here. In verse 24 and verse 25 are the answers. He says this, who will rescue me from this body of death? Verse 25 Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's the answer for us. Paul says, I'm sick and tired of this life of failure. I'm sick and tired of the I, 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 and all of this. I'm tired of always failing, but thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ that we can live the victory and take our exhausted life and live an exchanged life with the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you are sick and tired of living life on your own, And if you're tired of going through these circles of life, then hear me this morning. God is right here, and He is ready to take that exhausted life and give you a new life in Him so that it is no longer you who's trying, but instead it is His Holy Spirit empowering you. So if you're tired of living like life after a hurricane, with no power in your life, completely miserable And none of the amenities that we're used to. What Paul is saying is, here, come, here, come. Listen to Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here, come and exchange that exhausted life. It's exactly like this this lamp over here this morning. This is from my office. I just grabbed it as I was coming down this morning. I never turned it on in my office. So I thought I'd turn it on down here for you this morning. This light has power to it right now. And because there's power to this light, I went over and I turned the switch inside of there and the light came on. But if I were to disconnect this light from the power source, despite, oh man, that's stuff. Despite that light being turned on, there's no power to it. And let me tell you, this is how a lot of us are living. We think that because we go to church and we read our Bible and because we do all of this stuff and because we've turned on, we think that we're going to have power here on earth. But we've left out the Holy Spirit. And what God is saying is this, or what Paul is saying, is this is an exhausted life because you're trying to let the light come out of you. You're trying to do right, but you've left out the power of the Holy Spirit. And what Paul says at the end of Romans chapter 7 and verse 25 is you can get rid of the exhausted life and you can get plugged in to the Holy Spirit and then let your light shine. Paul says you can't live your life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Another place Paul said it is Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. Do you hear what was crucified? It was the I Paul said, I have been crucified. It was the I that he wrote about in Romans chapter 7. I do not do. I do not understand what I do. For I want to do, I, for what I want to do, I do not do it. For what I hate, I do. And if I do not do what I want to do, I agree that the law is good. He says, this I here in Romans chapter 7, this person that Paul's writing about in Romans chapter 7, here in Galatians 2.20, he's saying, I have, that I has been crucified. That I has been plugged into a greater power. That I no longer lives. He goes on to say, it is I who no longer live. But Christ who lives where? In me. And if you're trying to win the battle of the mind on your own, you're always going to fail. But if you have crucified your old self, and you are the one no longer living, and Christ is the one living in you, the Holy Spirit living in you, then you will always be victorious. Paul is saying, here is the opportunity that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. The power is not in us, but the power is in the Holy Spirit. Follow with me in Romans chapter 8 now. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, this is what Paul says Those who live according to the sinful nature, listen to this, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. Do you hear what Paul is talking about? He says they've got their minds on the sinful nature. And whenever we are living in this circle, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, what we're focusing on, the battle in our mind, is on the sinful side of things. That's what Paul says. Lines right up with what Dexter said here and told us from the science side married with the scripture last week. If you are to live If you are living according to the sinful nature, you have your mind set on what the nature desires. The last part of verse 5. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Verse 6. Listen. The mind of the sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. In verse 9, listen, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. What are the chances of you pleasing God in your own strength? What are the odds of us just accidentally pleasing God? Zero. Paul says if you are living in the sinful nature, then your mind... Is set on the sinful nature. This is the battle for your mind. The enemy will always come there to battle with you first so that you're focusing on the sinful. And you know what it's like. That's why addiction is so strong. And that's why people battle over and over and over because the mind is losing the battle and they don't understand that it is not our own strength. It is God's Holy Spirit exchanging this exhausted life and giving us a new life in Jesus Christ. The odds of you pleasing God on your own are zero to zero. It's not going to happen. But here at the very, very end of this that I read this morning, Romans 8, 9. Paul gave a command, and it's five simple words. Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want you to, for some of us, like myself, who've grown up in the church, I want you to hear me when I say this, because what I'm saying does not contradict the Scripture. It goes right along with the Scripture, and actually the purpose of Jesus' life For too long, for too long in the church, we've told people, all you've got to do is come and kneel at an altar and give your heart to Jesus and you're okay. That's wrong. That's the first step. But hear me, there's another step. And what Paul is writing about in Romans 7 and 8 is getting us to the second step. And if we stop at the first step, then what happens is we live in this circle that Paul's been writing about of living defeated lives over and over and over. If you have come and give Jesus your heart, if you have come and began a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you've never taken these five words that Paul wrote in Romans chapter eight, be filled with the Spirit, then listen to me this morning. Today is your morning to be filled with the Spirit and get out of this rat race of life and stop the war on your mind and start living in victory the way that god intended it this is the message of the gospel and coming into relationship with jesus is step one and paul says there's another step why would paul write these words after he had the encounter with jesus on the damascus road and after he walked through all of that of surrendering his life to christ why would he then write these words if that Damascus Road experience and those, few, the, those, those, those moments afterwards were, were enough for him. They weren't enough. God said to him, you've got to tell people that I came so that they would live free from sin and the, um, not only free from sin but also live free from the, the, the um, penalty of sin and also then go the next step and start living victorious lives. Paul says, there's more for us. There's absolutely more for all of us. In Ephesians 5:18, you think, okay, well, Paul only wrote that in Romans. We could go all throughout the scripture and find this, all throughout the scripture. But the pinnacle of the church, I believe, is found here in Ephesians chapter five, or in the book of Ephesians. But here in Ephesians chapter five, in verse 18, Paul is giving us something significant. And it's, a, it's, it's one of those scriptures that you could just keep reading past, and you could think, okay, I'm good with this. But here's what Paul says. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 5, 18. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Okay, don't do that. But instead, what did he say in Romans 8? He again says here in Ephesians 5, 18. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now listen, these people that Paul is writing to are part of the church they're living lives like we're we're living. They are a part of the church. And Paul says, stop living in some of those areas that you've been living in. You know that circle of life where we try and we try and we try and then we fail and then we wonder what's wrong with us? It's because we've not taken these last few words and we've applied them to our life of being filled with the Spirit. So I wanted to, to discover, because there's some significance here and a number of times, several dozen times in, this, in, the, in the New Testament, after Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts, yeah, Acts chapter 2, we get this word, be filled with the Spirit. Well, what is this filled that we're talking about? If we want to get Paul's solution to this, then we better know exactly what it is that he's talking about. What is the be filled with the spirit? Because it was just as simple as getting us and filling us up with something. Well, we could do that, and then we could start getting out of this circle of defeat and start living victorious lives. The Greek word for this, and I don't like to throw out Greek words because I don't really know Greek. I've got to go look all this stuff up. But there's some significance in this. Some significance in this. The Greek word here for filled is plerothosa. And it means to be, listen, to be controlled, literally translated. It means to be controlled. So when Paul is telling us to be filled with the Spirit, we could take a literal translation of this word to mean be controlled by the Spirit. So you see now when Paul writes in Romans chapter 7, I, 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 and how the failure is in the I, and the person that's doing that, Then he says, I want you to instead to be controlled by the Spirit. Then we start to see the victory, right? You can't live victoriously if you are not controlled by the Holy Spirit. So where it starts for us is complete and total submission to God. To say, God, I want to be filled and controlled with your Spirit. Controlled by your Spirit. I want to get past the me-trying portion of my life, and I'm ready for you to start living that life that I need to live to be victorious. And take a look at the early church, the early believers, look at the victory that they had in their lives. All throughout the book of Acts, we see story after story, and these are real things that are recorded for us. We see these things play out over and over and over again. A victory, a victory, a victory, and a victory. They not only prayed for people, but the people that they prayed for were healed. They not only prayed for dead people, but the dead people came back to life. When they preached the gospel, thousands of people sometimes got saved. And the scripture tells us the Lord added to that number every single day. We saw the gospel spread in amazing ways. Well, what was, what was going on? They were controlled by the Holy Spirit. Listen, when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit, we will always live in victory. But whenever we try to do it on our own, we will always live in failure. There's a battle for your mind, and that battle is from the enemy. And he knows if he can plant things in your mind, that he will always win in your actions and in your emotions. He knows that if he can start there, then you will never be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I think some of us need to surrender and empty ourselves out so that we can be completely filled or completely controlled by the Holy Spirit. So I want to show you physically what I think that actually looks like. So I want you to think of this beautiful image of you as you. This is, this is your life, this beautiful, clear bowl, is actually your life. And what happens as we go about our life, we start to pick up some things. And in life, we pick up maybe some baggage here and there. And we start to fill our life up with all of this baggage. And then as we start to get a little bit older and we start to work, we start to live our lives, we pick up some more baggage. And as we go through our life what happens is we start to just fill our life up with the things that are, that are all around us. And as we fill up our lives, maybe along the way we pick up, maybe there's a little bit of anger. Maybe there's a little bit of frustration. Maybe there's a little bit of heartache. Maybe there's a little bit of bitterness. Maybe there's something going on that you may have never even mentioned to anybody. And so as we live our lives... We fill up our lives with all of this stuff. And then we come into counter with Jesus Christ. And we come and we say, God, I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And this is what we have to do. This is what we need to do. God, I want you to forgive me of my sin. And I want you to be the Lord and the King of my life. And so we come to Christ like this. And he says, I will cleanse you. From your sin and your iniquity. I will hide you under the blood and I will take you as my child and I will be your father. But then what happens is we walk away like this sometimes and we're living our life, carrying our own baggage with us wherever we go. And we forget the words of Paul that says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled or be controlled by the Spirit. And so then we realize, we hear a message about that, and we think, oh yeah, I I probably need to do that. And so we say, God, I want you to fill me with your Spirit. And so we we take the Holy Spirit and we say, okay, you're going to fill me up, God. And so God fills us up. But you know what? This is not filled completely with the Holy Spirit. All of this baggage that we've been carrying around is still stuck inside of us. And we forget that we've got to be completely emptied so that then we can be completely filled. And so if I were to fill this to the top with this water, there's still a whole lot more water that can go in here if we start emptying out all of this baggage that we've carried around. And so when we come to the Spirit, when we come to the Holy Spirit... And we say, God, I want to be filled by the Spirit. I want to be completely emptied by the Spirit. Then what happens is as we empty ourselves out with all of this junk that we've accumulated in our life. And all of this baggage that we've always had with us. Then what it does is it creates more room to be completely controlled by the Holy Spirit. And then we find out that we can fit more of the Holy Spirit in here because we emptied all of this baggage out and that baggage is no longer being carried around with us. And we discover that we're not in this circle of life anymore. We're no longer I, 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 but instead we've created more room for us so that we're filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. So what is the baggage that you've been carrying around? That you've been living in this circle of life thinking, man, if I could just get to tomorrow. If I could just, I just need to have one moment of it. No, Paul tells us you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to live in this rat race of life. But you can live a victorious, completely emptied out life. So that as you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then it's the Holy Spirit that is actually the one that is doing the controlling inside of you. If your mind is controlled by some of these things, you will always live a defeated life. But what God wants you to do today is exchange these things that we've been carrying around with us so that we can live completely victorious Christian lives. When these things are inside of you, it leaves no room for the Holy Spirit. And you may have thought, oh, I've gotten rid of a lot of these things in my life. I took out some of the anger. Well, maybe you took out some of the anger, but is there some still left behind? Maybe you took out some of the bitterness, but is there some more bitterness left inside? Maybe you dealt with the the bitterness and the anger. But what else is in here that's taking up the room that needs to be occupied by the Holy Spirit? God is ready and waiting for you to say, I want to be completely emptied so that I can be completely filled with your Holy Spirit. And until you're completely emptied, you can never be completely controlled, which means you will never live a victorious, completely victorious Christian life. Fifty-four times in the book of Acts, Fifty-four times in the book of Acts we read about the Holy Spirit's work. Fifty-four times. If your life were a book, how many times can we read about the Holy Spirit in your life? If we were to take your book and lay it open, and we were to turn to the book of Michael chapter 3, or Michael chapter 4, or, or whatever, are we going to read about the stuff that fills our life? Are we going to read about the work of the Holy Spirit? If we were to take the book of White Chapel and open it up, and we were to read about the work of this church, what did we read about? I'm, I'm talking about the work of the church today, on March 28th, 2021. I'm going to talk about years past, I'm going to talk about decades past. There have been some mighty moves of the Holy Spirit in years past and decades past here in these walls, in the walls over here, and right here on this property. I'm not talking about the past. I'm talking about today. If we were to look at today, are we going to read about the work of the Holy Spirit? Are we going to read about some of these rocks that are filling us up? That's keeping the Holy Spirit out. Hear me, brothers and sisters. Today is your day. Today is your day.
0: Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean to God's word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.